Hello and welcome to the Eat, Train, Recover podcast. I'm your host, fitness professional Justin Jefferson. This podcast covers all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness and is dedicated to helping everyday individuals live the fittest and healthiest life possible. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eat, Train, Recover show. I am your host, Justin Jefferson. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome, and I thank you for being here, and I really hope you find value in the information that I'm sharing with you. So today we're going to be covering the difference between fat loss and weight loss. Believe it or not, they are two entirely different things, right? So just for example, if, if you have ever been in a situation where you had put on a pair of pants, you put on a dress or some article of clothing that used to fit you one way and doesn't fit the same. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. This is tight, a lot tighter than it used to be. You may have said to yourself, well, I need to lose weight. And that's not necessarily wrong, but what type of weight do we need to lose, right? That's what we really want to pay attention to because we can get a little confused. We can get a little bit mixed up when we just talk about losing weight. And that can actually be pretty dangerous because when we look at the definition of weight, weight alone is just a body's relative mass or the quantity of matter contained by it, right? So literally losing weight, focusing on weight loss, like, you know, you know, if you're going to get on a scale and it's funny because I'll have, you know, clients come in and, um, I I have an in-body scale that does a full bioimpedance and I also have a regular scale as well. And they'll just want to check their weight sometimes and they'll kind of strip down. I want to take this off, take that off because they want to get that weight to be as light as possible. And that actually shows you why we don't use that metric, right? We don't really pay attention to just that metric when we're talking about improving our body composition to, uh, to get leaner, right? So just for, for example, um, if you find yourself weighing in once a week on, let's say, Monday morning, right? And your weight is 170, Let's just throw that out, just a, a number. If you, it's 170, which is fine. Listen, you, I don't always recommend weighing in on a scale, but if, if you want to track that way, that's perfectly fine. Let's say your weight is 170. You go weight back later in the day, 12 hours later, and you weigh in again, right? Shoes off and all, same thing. More than likely, your weight is going to be higher. Why is that? Because throughout the day, you've consumed liquids, you've consumed food, you're carrying more water, you're carrying more food, in your body than you were at the beginning of the day. Remember, in the morning, you were in a fasted state, right? So you woke up, there was nothing, nothing in you. You got on that scale, that 170 showed. Now you're like, whoa, I'm 173 right now. What happened? Well, that's what happened. Your weight went up from the water and the food consumption, right? Your weight increased. Now, did you gain three pounds of body fat in 12 hours? Absolutely not. You did gain three pounds of weight, which is, again, why we don't look at that metric. Another example, um, and you may have experienced this yourself, you ever go out to eat and you, you eat something that's particularly a little bit more salty, right? A little, have, a, <laughs> have more salt in it. Um, you'll notice that will affect your weight, especially if you did that on Sunday night and your weigh-in date was coming. Let's say you were steadily going to 170 and then you were 169, 168, one week, right? You just week to week, you're losing a pound. And then you notice like, you know, after going to, you know, let's say you had Chinese food or you had Mexican food or, or just anything salty, right? Even a lot of American food is very salty, right? 
um, you can uh, really see an increase in your weight. It might show 172, 173, and that's going to be, again, not because you went out and enjoyed that meal that you gained three, four pounds of body fat. That's water weight, water retention, right? You're, you're experiencing a little bit of bloat. And I know some of the ladies listening to this podcast can probably relate also with the fact that, um, you know, once a month, certain things happen within your body, right? In a woman's body that will cause you to retain more water. And the same thing can happen. So these are just some of the reasons why we don't factor just uh, weight when we're looking at fat loss versus weight loss, fat gain versus weight gain, right? We want to actually pay attention to the specific thing that we are trying to lose or the specific thing that we are trying to gain. In this case, it would be trying to lose muscle. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. In this case, we'll be trying to lose fat and, tr and, and trying to gain muscle, right? We would be trying to lose body fat if you're trying to decrease your waistline and trying to gain muscle tissue. We don't <laughs> typically for the most part, don't want to lose muscle. Um, now, so as we're, we're looking at this and we're looking at losing weight in itself, you can also be, be fooled because if I weigh in before a workout, right? And then I weigh in after a hard workout. And, and if you're a person who sweats a lot, you'll notice your weight is going to be less because you lost water. So the same way it can affect you with gaining water, losing water can show the same way. So did you lose a pound and a half? And after a 45 minute work, after, after a, a 45 to 60 minute workout, you did of water. You didn't lose a pound of fat. You didn't lose a pound and a half of body fat. It just does not happen that way. So we want to make sure we're paying attention to body fat loss. Because when we look at losing body fat, it's exactly that, body fat. And that's why when I say fat loss instead of weight loss, I say that because we can actually look at the thing that we are trying to get rid of. Just shedding weight alone is typically not a great way to measure for the reasons that I just stated. Now, I do want to make this clear. It does have a time and place where someone would want to focus on weight loss. And that's going to be with anything where if you're an athlete and you have a form of weight class to fit into, then yes, you need to be paying attention to that as well as everything else that you, that you and your coach are measuring throughout that process. You got to make weight, plain and simple. That scale matters. Right. When a boxer or a mixed martial arts fighter or even a physique, a physique competitor that needs to step on stage that has to fit a weight class, anything that has a certain specific weight class. Like you, you're going to want to make sure um, that, yes, you have to make weight. But aside from that, like if you're not like someone with a weight class, a powerlifter or something like that. Or any of the other things that I listed focusing on solely weight loss can be very, very detrimental because you could end up not only losing the water weight, like I stated, you can end up losing muscle tissue, which is what we don't want, right? Because if you end up doing um, a crash diet and doing limitless hours, limitless cardio, and you're not doing any resistance training, you're not eating enough protein, eventually you will start to lose muscle tissue, right? And yes, that scale is going to be going down. But you know what else is going down with that scale? Your metabolism, your resting metabolism. Your resting metabolism is the amount of calories your body needs in order to sustain life, right? So if you were to lay in a bed in a dark room for 24 hours and do nothing, your body still needs to burn a certain amount of calories to sustain life, right? For organs and everything to function, even if you're not moving, your body needs to burn a minimal amount of calories. That's going to be 
that resting metabolic rate, that RMR. You want to make sure that we are, we are aware that that does exist, and that will decrease if you don't if you start to lose muscle tissue because muscle directly drives your metabolism. The more muscle tissue you have, the higher your metabolism will be. Right? Think of your your muscle tissue as cylinders in a car. So if you have a four cylinder Honda, right? You can get way more miles to the gallon out of that car than you would with a eight or twelve cylinder Hemi truck, right? Or you remember those you know those big Hummers? I know they were huge years ago, back in like two thousand and four, two thousand and three. When I was in high school, um, they were they were they were huge. They were a huge deal. Like everybody had them, but when gas prices went up, they kind of disappeared because they burned a ton of gas, right? The engines and those things were crazy. They they needed a ton of fuel. So look at your muscle tissue as cylinders right? And need for fuel. The more muscle you have, the more calories you need in order to sustain life, right? So that's your metabolic rate is increased. So if you, if you want to increase your metabolism, it's not going to happen from a tea or that you found on online. It's not going to happen from a, a, a fat burning pill. It's going to happen from having muscle tissue, right? That's what's going to really drive that resting metabolic rate. And let's be honest, like we can train super hard for an hour, you know, four, four or five days a week. And yes, burn calories within that hour. But the calories that, that really are going to matter the most are going to be those resting calories, right? The rest of the calories you're burning throughout the day through that neat, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? When you're at work, when you're sitting, when you're driving, that's what we want to maximize. And having more muscle tissue, is going to maximize that, and you, and that is how you truly increase your metabolism. So we want to make sure that as we're doing this, right, as we're looking at, you know, losing and 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 improving our body composition in the direction of getting leaner, that we're focusing on fat loss, right? So, and if we're looking at measuring fat loss, there are a couple of different ways that you can measure your fat loss. Um, so. Measuring and tracking your body fat percentage will be super, super important. Now, you do have a few ways to get to this measurement, but keep in mind uh, some methods are more accurate than others when it comes to measuring your body fat percentage. Now, when we look at some of the more accurate methods, uh, we can start with the hydrostatic testing, and that involves you being put into a tank of water. They have you breathe a certain way. Now, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's just to give you the gist. Um, then you also have what's called a DEXA scan, right? DEXA, and it's kind of like, uh, was also known as a bone density scan, but it's a DEXA scan, D-E-X-A. And DEXA just stands for dual energy X-ray absorptiometry. And at here at the studio with my clients, we actually use, uh, what's called a bioimpedance analysis or a bioimpedance scan. So pretty much they stand on a scale, but they also grab the handles that are a part of the scale as well. So they can get multiple points of contact. So it's not just your feet. It's also the hands as well. And that scan takes about uh, 45 seconds to complete. DEXA scan takes up to about 10 minutes. Um, but each of these forms of measurement will give you your body fat percentage, but they'll also give you a breakdown of how much of your weight is muscle mass, how much of your weight is uh, water weight, how much of your weight is fat mass, how much of your weight is lean mass. So it breaks down those numbers as well. It will also give you uh, your basal metabolic rate, which is how many calories your body burns at rest, which is very important, especially when we're talking about 
you know, fat loss and getting into a calorie deficit. So all of those will, those metrics will come in handy as we track, especially when we're looking at our fat to muscle ratio. We want to make sure we're losing fat and maintaining or gaining lean muscle, right? So using one of these methods could be very, very beneficial. Now, another way to measure your body fat percentage would be what's called with using what's called a skinfold caliper. Now, a skinfold caliper is less high tech. Um, and the accuracy on this can vary based off of who the person is taking the measurement, right? How good you are, how consistent you are with how you grab, because the way it works is you're grabbing actual body fat on your body. You're having this device clamp onto the body fat and it's giving you a reading in a specific number. And then you're going to put these numbers together in a sort of a formula to, to come up with what your body fat percentage is. Now, the ca skinfold caliper is a lot less expensive than every other device that I, I, I named. Um, those, other, those other devices will run you thousands of dollars if you wanted to own one or possibly hundreds of dollars to actually get one, a scan done. Um, the bioimpedance scan, you can probably get a little bit less. I know at my studio, um, I charge $49 for non-members to have a, a bioimpedance scan done. But again, that's going to vary depending on where you go. But the DEXA scan and the hydrostatic testing will cost you a little bit more. And then they do have other ways of measurement as well. Now, these are not nearly as accurate as the others that I listed. Um, you may have noticed they do sell scales that you can stand on and it will give you an estimate of like your body fat percentage and muscle mass and things like that. I know they have you enter in your metrics, your age and things like that and gender height, stuff like that. And, um, it'll calculate and give you an estimate. Keep in mind, that's not going to be as accurate as the ones that I listed before. Um, and the same goes for the handheld devices. They do make handheld devices that you squeeze and hold out in front of your body. Same deal as the, as the scale that you just stand on. Not going to be as accurate, but if this is your only way to measure, it's fine to do so as long as you're consistently using the same device. Because at the end of the day, we want to look at which way we're trending. If the body fat's increasing or is the body fat decreasing? Okay. So make sure we're paying attention to our percentage of body fat, your body fat percentage. Knowing that and tracking that will be really important. You can see what you're losing. Um, and, you know, just to quickly cover if we're talking about losing fat, how do we lose body fat? Nutrition is the number one key. You got to be in a calorie deficit, right? Your body needs to be burning more calories than you're actually taking in. Now, that doesn't mean starve yourself because you still need to eat enough food. You need enough protein, you need enough nutrients in your body, but you need to make sure that you are in a calorie deficit, okay? That's going to be really, really important. And if you need to know how much calorie, how many calories you need, um, they do make ways of, of measurement. Uh, some of the ones that I listed a little while ago, they also have um, actual metabolic testing that you can do. They have you breathe into a tube. Um, and they also have calculators online their formulas. Now, these are more, again, like estimates or guesstimates um, based off of, you know, you entering your metrics, your height, your weight, your activity levels, your age, your gender. Um, you know, things like that. Keep in mind, it may not be spot on, but it can give you a decent ballpark figure of where you need to be, um, especially since it does incorporate your activity levels. You just have to be honest with how active you really are to get, you know, some kind of a decent uh, reading from there. 
Okay, so if you're curious, um, you know, just to play around with the calculators, you can just Google them. They have different types and kind of see where you fall. But I always do recommend getting a real metabolic assessment done if possible. You can even Google metabolic assessment in my area and some stuff should hopefully uh, come up depending on where you live. Now, next up, when it comes to how we lose fat, when it comes to our workouts, the most important part of your training is going to be your resistance training. As I stated earlier, like how our muscle tissue dictates how many calories you burn, that, that, that dictates our resting metabolism, right? That metabolism when we are not active, when we're, when we're in a sense sitting at our desk or if you're eating or watching TV, driving, sleeping, we want to make sure that that we are extending and increasing our metabolism as much as possible. We're not going to increase our metabolism with pills or tea or anything like that. Um, we're going to do that through increasing our muscle mass. All right. And now also another factor that often gets overlooked, and I'm going to put this before I even mention cardio, is going to be your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So all the things that you're doing outside of your workout. Right. If you're getting 10,000, 12,000 steps a day, 10 to 12,000 is the recommended amount. If you're getting that a day, it will make a big difference, especially if, you know, if on average, the average office worker gets anywhere from three to 4,000 steps a day. And now in the days of most people working from home or a lot of people working from home, it could be even less because you're not getting out of the car. You're not walking up the stairs. You're not walking to the conference room. You're not going to deliver something to the other side of the office. Uh, you're not walking to the cafeteria, you're not walking as much, right? So your steps could be that much lower. So we want to make sure we're paying attention to our steps. Super underrated, but it goes a long way. Your body will actually be more active, burning more calories. It's also good for your circulation. Super, super important just to remember, make sure you're active, just walking moving around, even outside of your workouts, okay? Now, we also have our cardio, um, and cardiovascular training can be very beneficial to our heart health, and it can also aid in fat loss as well, because obviously, we are burning calories to complete that task, right? But I do like to prioritize things a certain way, um, so we do need to have some, some aerobic base, Right. That means that we need to have the ability to do some type of steady movement for a while. Right. For a certain period of time. We want to be able to do some steady state cardio before we jump into interval training. So as we're jumping in, as we go into steady state cardio, that's like the longer aerobic style. Right. And aerobic just means oxygen present in your bloodstream. So you can do the activity for a longer period of time. Right. So if you're going for a walk, you're going for a light jog, if you're slowly cycling, you know, whatever you may be doing. That's going to be aerobic because you can do it for an extended period of time versus when we get into high intensity intervals, that changes, right? That all changes because with those high intensity intervals, that means our heart rate is typically going to about 80% of our max heart rate or more. So we're changing energy systems. We're not using oxygen at that point. So now it's shorter, right? The duration that we can do those bouts, but the interval training, the high intensity interval training will be very beneficial in the sense of they do have studies that show EPOC has helped. EPOC stands for excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. Help you to burn more calories after that activity is done. Now, how much gets burned after doing high-intensity intervals for, for 15 minutes, 12, 15, 20 minutes? That's going to vary from person to person. 
right? It's going to be case by case. Keep in mind, if you're doing interval training, anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes is fine. Up to 20 is like the limit. If you're really doing high intensity, you'll start to dial out at that point. Um, but back to, to, to the, what I was saying is, you know, so that's kind of the hierarchy that I like to go with when I'm looking at fat loss, right? I'm looking at nutrition. I'm looking at resistance training. I'm looking at non-exercise activities. Then I'm looking at um, what my how interval training um, and also even the steady state stuff, right? So if you're just starting out, steady state is, the, is first before interval training. But once you build a base, you can ease into intervals. And if you're pretty advanced, I would definitely incorporate some interval training in there. Um, and a little bit of steady state is perfectly fine as well. Like I said, everything has its place, okay? But when we're looking at fat loss, we want to make sure that's what we're paying attention to and not weight loss, right? Weight loss in its entirety is just, as I stated at the beginning of this episode, it's just weight loss. It could be anything. If I empty out my pockets, I'm going to lose weight. If I take my shoes off, I'm going to lose weight. If I don't drink anything for the entire day, if I don't eat or drink anything for the entire day, my weight will stay pretty low. And I, just, and, and I only just lost water weight. That's it, right? I'm going to lose weight. So understand that we want to pay attention, and I'm going to keep driving this home to your body fat percentage, all right? But thank you so much for tuning in today. That's going to be the end of this episode. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me via email. You can reach me at Justin. J-U-S-T-I-N at J-Fit, J-A-Y-F-I-T, life. Justin at jfitlife.com. You can also find me on Instagram. Mr. J-Fit is my handle. It's going to be M-R underscore J-A-Y-F-I-T. That's M-R J-A-Y-F-I-T. Okay. You can also text me these days. You can text me at 516-217-8650. That is actually for my Pocket Fit Club. And I send out uh, fitness and nutrition tips and then as well as answering all of your fitness questions. Feel free to shoot me a text. It's 516-217-8650. Uh, and today's episode was brought to you by Vincity. Vincity is a mobile fitness streaming platform designed to fit your mobile devices. Vincity allows you to stream on-demand workouts, meal prep videos, educational content, as well as courses, okay? Uh, so check out vincity.com when you get a chance. It's available on all iOS and Android devices. But again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you joining me through this episode. If you'd like the podcast, please do leave us a review uh, through whichever channel you're listening and also share the podcast with family and friends if you feel like they would find value in the things that I am sharing with you. All right. But thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate you and I will talk to you soon.